Do you remember the show 227 at all? Did you watch the show 227? It was on the television every once in a while. I didn't pay attention, <laughs> but it was on the television. What is 227? You guys mentioned that before we started. It was a show about... Right? Yeah, it was an apartment, <laughs> but it was... I don't know. It was just like a sitcom about people that lived around and in this one apartment, maybe? Was this in the in the 60s or in the in the 80s? No, no, no. It was in the early 90s? 80s, maybe late 70s. I don't remember exactly. I, I think I think early to mid 80s. Hmm. Obviously it wasn't that memorable if none of us know. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember it at all. Well, I I I used to think about it all the time because back in the mid 90s i had i lived in an apartment complex and my parking spot was 227 and i for whatever reason i just thought about the silly television show all the time but hmm. uh we ran from 1985 to 1990 oh yeah okay. thank goodness for wikipedia <laughs> so the reason i brought that up was because this is episode 227 what? and it just caught my eye that's all what not that that's a significant number Aren't we going to announce the uh, the celebration of episode two two seven? We're going to have a party, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the two two seven yeah. meetup. Yeah, podcast number two two seven meetup. <laughs> oh wait, you know what? We should that just wait till two two eight. Like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do we'll do that next time. Yeah, give the printer time What's to up? print up the flyers. Well, it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day today. It's the end of the end of summer. Literally, like it's funny how this morning I woke up and yesterday was a beautiful day. Today it's a bit dreary here in the Northeast. It's gonna rain and oh it's funny the summer went so fast i still have like four or five like major things to do this summer that i didn't even like get anywhere close to getting started like roofing my barn and building doors for my barn which by the way bob your doors look great and uh so yeah no it's just crazy how fast the summer went and you make plans but different opportunities come up and take you in different directions and now I'm going into fall and I have so many things to do. I have almost like every weekend between now and the beginning of December almost taken up. Nearly almost every weekend. I don't know. I, I don't know how I'm gonna make videos or do anything. I have something to do almost every weekend. Like classes, engagements. Classes, or... engagements, yeah. That's crazy. Huh. Wow. It's crazy. I could talk a little bit about some of them at the end, but where I'm gonna be, but <clears throat> it's crazy. I I like going through September and then I'm like, oh, oh, wait, oh, no, I got something that we are October. Oh, almost every weekend. And then going into November, I have the beginning of November and then the middle of November. (sighs) Eventually I'll make videos again. (laughs) Stick with me. Um, Are you going to try to fit in some of the stuff that you like your own stuff that you haven't done? Are you going to try to fit it into this fall? Or at this point, are you just like, oh, well. Guess I don't get a new roof this year. No, yeah, no. Well, I don't. I personally don't want to do the roof. I'm just I'm having a very hard time finding someone skilled and qualified to be able to do it. And then out of nowhere, the local home center here—it's a private family business—they called me and said, "Hey, did you ever find anybody to do that roof?" I said, "No." He's like, "Well, why don't you give me the opportunity to call one of our reps? Maybe they'll take an opportunity to use it for a video or something." I was like, "I'm down with that. I've waited this long, so well, he's going to find. He's going to call me tomorrow with potentially having some steel roof wrap come and." take the opportunity to do it. I don't know. We'll see. I'm banking on that because then I'll get a discounted roof, which would be nice because I want to do a steel roof and steel like a proper raised seam steel roof is fairly expensive, the materials. And then the installation is an expert installation, which is not something I'm willing to climb on a ladder to learn how to do. So 
got to leave it up to the services, which I, I don't want to rant, but in this country, all people want to do is work and talk about work. And in these small, little rural areas, there is absolutely nobody that can do anything. And I'm falling between that, like, guy with a hammer thinks he can do everything. The guy wants to move to the big city and build 10-story buildings. There's nowhere in between. There's no skilled hmm. guy that just is like a journeyman that just can do roofing good, that can do siding good, that can do this. It's always like a guy that, you know, he does 30 things fairly okay and none of them good, none of them reliable, no one calls you back. It's just impossible. And so I've resigned to the fact that, like, whatever I do, like this summer, I'm probably not going to do anything else to this house unless I meet the person, then develop the project. I'm not going to think of the project and then hope to find skilled labor because it just doesn't exist, not in this area in upstate New York. Can you... That's it. Hmm. Can you get a contractor and have him be like a project manager so he can find the roofer and he can deal with the phone I'm, calls? I'm and... actually kind of moving into that a little bit with my buddy Patrick. He or she, Patrick. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm kind of moving into that a little bit with my buddy Patrick. And uh, Patrick is going to do a, a a full force effort to finish the interior of the barn. And he's going to basically, he, he wants a change in his life. And he, he has a home up here. And so he comes up here often every weekend just about and he spends some time at the barn here and then obviously has his family to 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 pal around with and have fun and but he wants to make a change he sees what i'm doing up here and then i'm up here more often and he's like i want to be inspired by you and come up here and do what you do more often and be part of what you're doing and help you with the racetrack and do all this stuff so patrick's going to come up for a couple of months and work with me up here and part of that push is doing some of these projects so that might happen that might happen we're just kind of slowly getting into this there's no real definitive plan but Patrick's going to come up here and help me uh, do that while he's on break from his other job. And we'll see where that goes. But that—that that is that we've been talking about that. Like, it's just impossible to find anybody that can do anything. Like, so many people have this sticker on their truck. And then when you call them, it's, it's oh, that's going to be expensive. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you not want the work? I just don't understand yeah. the mentality of, and I, this can get into a full-on political rant but people want jobs in america but do they really want the jobs in america do they really want the jobs that are being directly handed to them do people really want to learn how to weld it doesn't seem like it do people really want to learn how to be steam fitters and siders and roofers and framers i see someone like kyle from from rr builders he's like got the most energy he's, he's got the energy of like 50 people him and his buddy Greg, but I don't, that's it. I don't see anybody else that can do what he does. I'm ranting. They're out there, but they're busy. (laughs) I think that's part of it because I've been looking here in town, you know, and I'm in an entirely different area with different skilled labor and stuff, but I've been looking for just somebody to paint siding on our house because it's just a thing that I don't want to set my own time aside to do. And I found one person who was awesome, pretty expensive, but he was like, I would trust the guy. Right. But so I was looking for other options to see if one that was a little bit more affordable. Um, and I called, I don't know, on recommendation, probably three or four different people with not a single phone call back. And so part of me was like, wow, these people don't want work. But then the other part of me, David, like you're saying is these guys are probably, these people are probably completely busy and don't call people back because they're up on a house built, uh, painting it, you know? So it's kind of tough. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there are certain 
types of labor that are so in demand that the people don't have to go look for future work. They just, whenever they get done with one, they check their voicemail and find the one that was next (laughs) in the list and they call them back, you know? Well, it's funny. I did get one quote for the roof and it was $10,000 for a roof that's 34 by 20 feet. Like the footprint of the building is 24 Mm -hmm. wide by about 35. That's my little machine shop, blacksmith shop. And the quote was $10,000 for a new roof. And I said that to a few people and they're like, that's insane for a new roof. And the the guy gave me the quote. He didn't tell me exactly what the materials were. And he had never showed me any picture of his work. He just came recommended from a friend. He's like, yeah, I could do that. I'm like, can it look exactly like that? He's like, yeah, it'll look just like that. And I pointed at the big barn. And that was it. And so when he gave me a quote, he's like, let me know when you want to start. I'm like, I don't know. I need need to be coddled a little bit. Yeah. And so Hmm. I could have went with him for $10,000. And I have no idea what quality I would have get. I've never seen anything he's done. He came recommended by a friend. And he didn't go out of his way to show me anything he's done. He didn't email me any pictures of work he's done. He didn't send me a website. He didn't send me his Facebook. All I know is his first name and his phone number. So if you're one of those guys, you need to like rub people's back and coddle them. I'm not going to hand you $10,000 simply because you go, yeah, I could do it just like that. It, you know what I mean? You need, you need to like upsell yourself. And so I got that quote and I cannot find anybody else to even give me a quote for the next phase, for the next quote. I can't even find, I, I wrote to the guys at the, the local place that supplies all these people because I know them. And he's like, yeah, no, wait, this is the guy that like sells all these guys, their equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know anybody. Like everyone seems busy. That was like the answer I got. <laughs> That was coffee, by the way. The uh, yeah, I'm sorry. He, he, he didn't take his <laughs> microphone to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> so, like, I've run into this same thing with my car recently, which has been really interesting to me. So my Land Cruiser is a 92. It's old, but it's not that old. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, f- f- like a classic classic. I guess technically it's a classic, but we're not talking like 50s, 60s, 40s, something like that. This is in the 90s. <clears throat> it's a Toyota. So parts are pretty available, even aftermarket stuff is pretty available for everything. And so I've always looked for recommended places from people I know to take my car because I I don't know tons about them. I don't know what questions to ask to like narrow down the right person to work on a vehicle. Excuse me. And so I finally got this recommendation from Josh for this guy that he knew who owned a shop. He didn't do the work. He just owned the shop. Excuse me. So I finally take the uh, cruiser down there to this shop and I have to get dropped off and everything. And I go in and leave it. And then I tell him what was wrong. We had an exhaust. There was an exhaust problem. So I just needed to have a section of the pipe cut out, a new one welded in. And then this O2 sensor mount put in and different stuff. So he calls me back and he says, "Uh, I don't want to do it. And I'm like... What do you mean? He's like, well, you know, you got like, you got a leak on your rear axle seal and your brake booster's dead. And so your brakes are acting kind of weird. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I really like the car. I'm happy to pay for all of those things. If you're willing to do the work, that's awesome. He's like, no, I don't really want to work on older cars. (laughs) You work in an auto shop that fixes cars. You don't want to do that. No, you can come pick it up. I won't charge you for looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a wow. generous guy. Thank you so much. So I asked him, like, okay, well, do you know of anybody in town that would work on a car that's apparently an antique? 
And he was like, oh, I don't know. There's a muffler place on this road. You can go talk to them, maybe. Like, super unhelpful. And it was really disappointing. So I the muffler place that he pointed out was one that's, like, on the main big road in our town. So it's. I was thinking that's probably one of the more expensive places to go, right? Because it's the one that everybody sees. So I finally just like, well, I guess I'll give this place a shot. So I pull in there, go in and talk to the guy and tell him what the problem was. And so he calls me back about 30 minutes later and he's like, man, I, you know, we can do it. We can, we're going to have to cut out a section of your exhaust, weld in a whole new pipe, weld in a whole new bong or whatever they're called where the O2 sensor goes. It's going to be expensive. And I'm like bracing myself. I'm like, all right, how much? He was like, it's going to be like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Do it right now, this very second. <laughs> you know, so this is another it. thing. If you hang if on, you're in the service business, he, he he does it in an hour. Oh I went back God. and picked up that car in an hour, and it was a hundred bucks. And the dude felt bad about how much it cost. And I'm oh, like, man. that makes no sense. And I took it back to him again last week and got more work done on it. And so now that first shop I took it to has missed out on eight hundred dollars in labor total. Between all the mm-hmm. stuff that I did, just because he didn't want to work on a car that was probably dirtier or like harder to you know unscrew the the bolts or whatever, like that that's disappointing because you chose a profession and then you don't want to do the job that goes with that profession like that. Sorry, I guess that's a rant. Yeah, to you, no, Jimmy. <laughs> I was gonna say like the the what drives me I can't stand and uh, if someone comes to my property and they tell me oh. I'm going to do this. Uh, I said, can you do this? And they go, oh, that's going to be expensive. I, are you downselling what I don't? That's like that mentality. I want to get right to the point. You know I've already invited you here to do something. I'm a big man. I own this house. I know how much it costs. I know how much the gravel costs. I know how much it costs to maintenance the gravel. I know everything. Don't say that's going to be expensive right off the bat. Don't prep me for some... We have two different points of view. I lived in Manhattan for 30 years. Hmm. Everything yeah. is expensive in Manhattan. Everything is not expensive up here. So it's it drives me nuts when people, oh, that's going to be expensive. You go and get your car repaired. That's going to be pricey. Like, why do you say that? What are you preparing for? It's either this is the number, it's good for me, or it's not good for me. Don't prepare the number for me. Just tell and me wouldn't it make more? Wouldn't it make more sense to be like, "Oh yeah, that's not going to be anything at all. That'll only be a hundred dollars." <laughs> wouldn't you respond better to that than, <laughs> "I don't know, man. Buckle up. It's going to be a hundred dollars." I would much rather have the piece of me like, "Oh, that's a piece of cake. No big deal. I can totally do that. It won't cost that much." I'm yeah. like, right on. Let's get on it. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, what we did this week? <laughs> Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> Labor Day. Speaking yeah. of labor, Jimmy, what did you do? Oh, after our podcast last week, I went out to Baltimore. I drove straight to Baltimore. I left the podcast last Monday and drove to Baltimore. I got there at about 6 o'clock to meet the Carhartt guys and the guys from Guinness Beer and my my big reveal, my big project. And, Bob, I felt like you because when I got what? there, they have a full media team. Carhartt has their own editor, video, audio guys that go with them everywhere because they look for opportunities for pieces of of social media really smart he says we spent so much money on guys that do that and then we just said let's just hire guys that just work with us full time and mm-hmm. we could be more creative more loose and anyway it was a great great uh, crew of guys they they shot me at the distillery like dragging the bars around doing and then we all went into a car 
And I did a voiceover and I got great direction from Brian, who works at Carhartt. Amazing. Like, I, I never got voice direction better in my life. And I'm not a voiceover guy, but I've done a lot of voiceover stuff for the TV shows. And I never liked my voice. I never thought it was worthy of being a voiceover guy. But Brian directed me through this whole thing he wrote. And they put the piece together within like an hour. We're at the event and these guys are set up in a booth just editing and doing their thing. And they just wanted to make sure it was done and that it worked well while I was there in their presence. So in case they needed me again, they can take me back in the car, the sign booth, and we could shoot it again or edit it. Anyway, we, uh, they put together this little clip. I had a great time. There were some other influences there I didn't expect to see, like Aaron from Mr. Fix-It DIY and Sam Ryan, and she's the carpenter, and I think her name is Ashley, and uh, just a, a, a good group of guys. Uh, I got to meet Alexandria Clement, and hope I'm not leaving anybody out. I'm sure I am. I just can't think of everybody off the top of my head. Um, and then a couple of local friends came to meet me at the Baltimore Distillery. Uh, Chris Cash came to say hello, and... And some other fans came. And actually, the table I made a few weeks ago had a crack in the veneer. And this guy, Josh, who's Josh, if you're listening, thank you. Josh came and brought me epoxy so we could fix it right there on the spot. I did a little. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we fixed it there. This was the table, the Guinness table I made a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, no, it was a great day. And it was really unexpected because I wasn't planning on going. And they're like, hey, you coming this week? I'm like, to what? They're like, this event. I'm like, what event? I'm like. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was so nervous that the tables weren't going to ship well because we kind of had to rush them down there that I, I packed my truck with welder, grinder, cutter, everything I need to remake the bar if I had to. But thankfully, I didn't have to do any of that. It all arrived safe and got there perfectly intact. And yeah. So I'm curious about, you know, last week we talked about you feeling a little weird about the the teasers that they had put out and the, oh, yeah. the build-up that that was creating like how did that pan out like oh yeah well especially that's, being there in front of all those people did you still feel that or like how'd that work out oh well it was funny because they did this thing uh it was the team rubicon so the the guys from carhartt spoke for a minute like at the at the unveiling and then uh the guys from 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 guinness spoke for a minute carhartt guinness and then team rubicon of course uh the guys that were being honored and they, they made a beer they basically, they made a beer called the Labor Day Lager, which is all the proceeds, 100% are going to the guys at Team Rubicon. And they, they this this apparently is a relationship that's been going on for a while where they give these guys a lot of money and donate to what they do. And so this was just another, to officiate more, more uh, donation. Uh, at one point, somebody said to me, Jimmy, get ready to talk. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to hold the microphone and talk. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> And then, uh, so they didn't, the guy who was the, the host forgot to announce me. And I was like, cool, I'm totally fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. And then, like, everybody was, like, going to try the beer. And then, like, oh, we have one more from, uh, and then the guy remembered that he forgot to announce me. <laughs> and so not only did, like, I go up, like, boom, 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 and then I went up, everybody walked away, and then they came back to me. So it was even more embarrassing than I expected it to be because everybody had to, like, go away and then come back for a second to hear me talk. They handed me the microphone and I, I said a, just a few nice things and just how I was honored to even be considered. I'm not just the guy that built these, but they brought me in as like part of the the creative on all of it. So I just thanked everybody. I kept it short and sweet. Uh, so after all that was over, I felt a sense of relief. So building up to that and then the video was released that day. 
the next day on my channel. Everybody was very happy with the video. It goes really quick, and there's a lot of there's a lot to the video. It's 18 minutes long, and, and somebody's like, the only thing you left out was glass blowing, because I did so many different little disciplines <laughs> in the video. And uh, <clears throat> I'm happy with the net result. The video is performing well for them and me. And ultimately, all those little teasers that were done by the cohort guys, I just uh, I just thought they were great. They have like little great little clips of music and the slow-mo and the drama. It's funny. Everybody, I had to make it clear, and I'm making it clear again. Everyone thinks I did those clips. I didn't do those clips. The team at, at Carhartt made those. They're, the audio-video team there, they put those clips out. And then that one clip of me dragging the bar across the big graphic, if you guys seen that. I put it on Facebook yesterday. They made that as well. So like I said, I'm just honored that those guys would even consider me for the voiceover and you know put me in and all that, so... It's uh, it's nice, and uh, and hopefully it's a good relationship with Carhartt that'll keep moving forward. It's obviously one of those brands that everybody has something to do with. It's, you know, if you do anything, eventually you wear something in Carhartt, and I've been wearing Carhartt my whole life. And I did work with them a little bit, but through production companies when I was on television shows, they always sent clothes over, but never had a personal contact there until recently, so... It's uh, it's it's nice. It just uh, it feels like it's a natural. So if it keeps going into a direction of we keep working together, I'm happy about that. Cool, right on. David, what about you? What would you do this week? Uh, well, last Friday I put out the video for the Walnut Toolbox, and that's got a good response. And uh, and then, but last week we filmed a video on tongue and groove panels as well as coping stick panels and so we the video is like three different ways to do tongue and groove and coping stick and one way is on the table saw another way is on the router with one bit and then a third way on the router that is a set of bits and so that video will come out on friday and i think it's pretty good we decided to it's a tip video but we i i i slid in an art project into that tip video so we ended up making a piece that i'm considering Art, which is the the little we talked about we talked about it last week the panels that that open up and then there's a mirror and there's a phrase on the oh, mirror yeah. and there's a there's going to be a phrase on the door and so it's a tip video but uh, we kind of threw in some some creative stuff in there and that's going to lead up to what we're going to start this week although I don't think we'll finish but uh, we're making the the bifold doors for the closet and we got some acrylic that we're going to use for the panels and then i think we're going to use maple for the for the tongue and groove frames i haven't decided if i'm going to do tongue and groove or coping stick uh, i don't really like using the router but the coping stick just looks better it has a decorative element on the front so that's what's going on nothing nothing too exciting but just keeping up with the videos and getting a good response lately which makes me feel better because we had a we had a dip earlier in the mm. summer where people weren't were not responding and, and i took three weeks off and just kind of recharged and i feel good now i feel i'm excited to make to make videos again good yeah i mean you could tell that like in that last video that you had kind of a different like you tried some new stuff with the way it was shot and the way you presented it and i thought it was great it was nice um so for me Let's see, the video that's coming out this week is, I think I told you guys about it last time in the after show, but um, we made these little emblems to go on the side of a car, like a badge oh, yeah. that would be 
on the car and they're of the shield logo. So we got a new car recently and it, my wife's <laughs> requirement was all black. It needs to be as black as it can possibly be. So it was like black car with black windows and black wheels and black trim and black logos and black, you know, um, and it looks like a secret service vehicle. <laughs> so basically we made these shield logos. So from anybody that follows Marvel stuff, shield is like the good, you know, agency. But then at one point they had a bad agency uh, hidden inside them. So we took this logo and we put a, did I show you guys what it looked like? I think I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, we printed, um, the, the Hydra logo, which is like a skull with octopus legs. It's a really cool logo. We printed that in UV ink on this one and then sealed it with epoxy. And so if you take a UV flashlight to these emblems, the Hydra logo just appears. It's like glowing. looks like a hologram. And so are you the good agency a, or the bad agency? That's up to you to figure out. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's a cool nerdy little thing, but actually it was a fun experiment because we ended up making the badges a few different ways, trying to figure that out. And, um, it's gray and black on a black car. So we had to figure out how to make it visible enough and, you know, just a nerdy thing. But I think you could take the same approach and turn it into some really cool stuff, like hiding messages and instructions and things like that in UV ink, um, on a project that you were making. So we did that. And then we've been, we actually did that a couple of weeks ago, but then this past week we've been out at Josh's house building something outside. So it's been a very hot time of year to be building a structure in the sun. Um, but hopefully we'll have that done in the next few days so we can come back inside to the nice cool shop and work in there again. But And then it's Labor Day weekend, so we've been hanging out with the family. Kind of doing nothing. This is like our last week. Um, on No Instructions, the other podcast that Josh and I do, we talk a lot about the family end of things and like what the kids are doing and parenting and things like that. And... <clears throat> um, basically this is the beginning of soccer season for all four of my kids. And so starting next weekend, we have like soccer games, four soccer games every weekend for two months. And then we have practices every night of the week. So this is like our last family weekend with nothing really to do. So we're taking full advantage of that and just kind of chilling out, which has been really nice. Cause it's, it's so easy to get busy all the time and just to always have stuff to do and places to be and people to see and all this with so many family members and it's nice to just lay low, you know, relax. So that's what we're doing this weekend. I have a question. Uh, you, okay. you, we were discussing uh, on the beautiful barn doors that you put out, you were discussing the, the, the angles, whether it goes in yeah. or out. Did you learn anything about that after posting? I did. I had a lot of response to that and a lot of people were glad just that I brought it up and you know, wasn't just super confident about that I was doing it the right way. It turns out I was doing it the right way. Flat bar steel apparently works far better in tension than in compression. So if you take flat bar steel and you put it under compression, it's more likely to fail, which I don't think it actually would have failed because there's not a lot of weight involved here. But so I had a couple structural engineers speak up and then a few people who just did a lot of metal work and they both, they all said the same thing, you know. Like it was done the correct way. Either way, probably would have worked, but this was the ideal way to do it. You made it like the, the the one thing I really liked about the design was you did the the intention the way you did them, and then you did the opposing the opposing direction with the wood. 
which made a really beautiful graphic, but yeah. probably also helped in the, the preventing the droopiness, the way you designed right. and built it. Yeah. So you basically have in both directions, but graphically it's one material and versus the opposite yeah. material. So you did, you It'll did be- both directions. You did a really nice job. That's true. And that was another thing people pointed out that a lot of times on any, t- whether it's a wood door, so wood would work better in compression rather than in tension. So the opposite of what I did. But a lot of times, regardless of the material, people will just do an X and that way it's covered. That way you don't have, you know, with expansion and contraction. And I think you even mentioned this last time that, uh, Jimmy, that a lot of times people will do an X and then half lap the center of it so that the mm-hmm. support is kind of supporting ways. itself in both directions. You know, so. Yeah, I learned a lot actually from trying to figure that out and then having people explain the response, like explain why it was the right way to do it instead of just like, you did it wrong or did it right or whatever. You know, people that actually knew the mechanics. Somebody would, uh, somebody would angrily say, it. you did it right. That's probably true. You did you it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so, we, yeah. And I actually haven't, one thing I did wrong though. Uh, and I knew it was kind of incomplete at the time was the gutter across the top, across the top. It was not truly a gutter. I, I well, it literally was a gutter cause I used gutter material, but it's not supposed to act as a gutter. There needs to be a drip edge that goes up underneath the siding. I used all pressure treated lumber around the frame, so I'm not worried about it rotting, but it will allow water to run into the building a little bit, which doesn't matter in my case. But the best way to do that would be to put a drip edge underneath the metal siding so that it runs water away from the opening off to the sides. And so that's something I can totally go back and do uh, at some point. Yeah. But. So, uh, 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 I totally forgot that I made license plates this week. <laughs> I'm just sitting oh, here thinking, yeah. like, what else I did this week? Yeah, I saw I, the photo I, of that. You, yeah. you, you did the embossing? I did the embossing. Yeah, it was funny because um, I'm doing a Carolina sponsored video and I was I wanted to do metal impre- impression and I was kicking around some ideas. I was going to do like a little parch tray. And then I was talking with Graz, who actually works at Carolina Shoes. And he said, why don't you make that I make license plate that you always talk about? Like I have always said I was going to do it, you know, maybe behind the scenes. And I was like, oh, what a perfect opportunity. I didn't even think about that. And so I used my shop bought CNC to mill aluminum. And everybody says, I can't believe that can mill aluminum. It can mill aluminum because aluminum cuts like wood. You just got to go slower and you just got to take shallower passes because it's very hard wood. Uh, anyway, I ended up getting a decent die. And it wasn't, it, what's the funny thing is, is I made the positive and negative. Then I put them together. And unless I was like a microbe, I have no idea what's going on in the closed eye. I can't see inside there. I can only trust all my micrometers and my measurements and make sure that everything fits inside everything. And I, just as a quick education, I laid out the graphic because a lot of people said, this one is one side of the die smaller than the other to allow for the thickness of the material wrapping around the, the curved surfaces. And yes, I use V-Carve Pro, and now it sounds like I'm pitching 17 different products. But I use V-Carve Pro, and I made the graphic. And then in Illustrator or V-Carve Pro and some most programs, you can contract the vector. So you contract it. And so I made one side of the plate, the normal side, that would be uh, the face side. And then the core, I contracted everything 30,000 smaller, 
Was that that thirty thousandths? Is that a guess or is that a calculated measurement? Uh, it was an educated guess based on the thickness of the material. Is about a millimeter, which is about fifteen thousandths, maybe maybe more. Just guessing. I mean, guessing like with a with a couple of like rationale, and I probably could have gone a little more because it is clipping and cutting some of it, but not bad. And it will wear out and stop cutting it eventually after a bunch of you know after the dye softens a little bit. Anyway, so the one thing is I put the dye on top of the other dye and it fit, seems like it was like jiggling it around. I felt a little bit of looseness and I jiggled it one way, I jiggled it the other way. And then I tried to drag it back to in between both of those jiggles. Mm. I should have put, I should have drilled the dye holes with the CNC machine. So the, my, my Lynch, my lineup holes, what do you call them? My registration. registration. Pins. <laughs> I should have put the registration pins in the CNC. Another thing I learned, anyway, I hand drilled them so the, the dies were shifted a little bit. That's why I'm getting cutting on one side of the big letters. One thing I, I talk about from a CNC point of view, I was in the middle of CNCing the last part, and then my computer decided to update while I was in the middle of CNCing. Mm. And so it kept CNCing. I have a, a, a think book, a think, a think pad. And now that I'm on the internet, the thing that constantly tells me to do all these updates, which it never was on the internet, so it was never telling me to do updates. So I have to shut the internet off on it. That's the lesson I learned this week. And so it updated. And then when it updated, I had to do another adjustment on one of the edge cuts. And that point on, the, the file was no longer registered to the... You know, like if you can keep going back, and as long as you keep your zero and you don't shut your machine off, because the computer updated, I had to restart everything. I lost my zero. I couldn't get uh... back to the same zero. It thought the zero was in a different place about, I don't know, maybe about a sixteenth of an inch off. So if I were to try and recut any of the letters, I would have had a major problem. So I had to go with what the letters were. And then in the video, you'll see I basically took it to the bridge port and cleaned up the outside edges on the bridge port. That's something that I knew after I realized I lost my zero, I knew I had to go and do that because I had to make adjustments, which I would have made on the CNC machine, which I couldn't do anymore because I realized my zero, I couldn't find my zero. And uh, anyway live and learn these things. But I'm glad it didn't happen while I was in the middle of cutting the letters. That would have been amazing. So I'm problem. curious about something way back at the beginning. You said that you scaled <clears throat> the graphic to cut the, the mating piece. How did that... So you have text in there. Did each item scale from its own center point or did the entire graphic scale from the, the center point of the graphic? It, you in Illustrator, track. it's called an offset, I believe. That's right. And so... Yeah, okay. Is, it's different path. than just making it smaller. <clears throat> okay, awesome. Exactly. So that wherever confused the, me. I was like, that didn't seem like that would work, but that makes more yeah. sense. Wherever the the graph, wherever the vector is, it could be a shape letters as long as the type is converted to outlines, which makes them vectors. You contract the path, and in V VCar Pro, they have the same exact. It's just called the offset too. I think you just offset it. Cool. You can offset it. You know, three decimal points away. You, you could. You could do as little as you possibly can or want to or more. And as you contract the, the smaller type, of course, the type degrades and it's no longer like it turns into like weird type. But you need those core pieces to push the metal into the shape. And then a lot of people, when they saw me on my Instagram stories, they said, oh, get high durometer metal uh, rubber to push the metal into the, the face side of the mold. Get rid of the core and just get high durometer metal to put under the hydraulic press, and you'll probably get a better push because you'll have this high durometer metal. Oh, I keep saying metal. I meant to say rubber. This high durometer rubber push in. So I'm going to try that. I'm going to buy a, a chunk of rubber from McMaster Car and see if that will do the same thing. 
So this so way, that just that just you mean the positive is rubber, right? Uh, well, the core, the back of the license plate. So the front part. I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm using the wrong terms, but the front part. So you put the metal in to the dish, and that dish, what's reading there is you're looking at it. It's reading wrong. You put the plate into that, and then you put on the back of the license plate a chunk of rubber. You put it in the hydraulic press, and you flip it over, and you take the steel part or the aluminum part off the front, and the license plate reads right. The rubber pushed from behind gotcha. into all the cavities. Okay, yeah. So the yeah. the male part is the rubber. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was wondering how that would work, because I guess the rubber would kind of expand into all of the shapes more than something that was fixed. Like right, yeah, the fixed thing is just going to be what it is, and it pushes in. If it pushes off because my registration pins are off a little bit, it's going to keep doing the same thing. Mm. Gotcha. <clears throat> so I'm going to experiment cool. with that. Yeah, so that was a great learning experience from machining and tool making and all these things that I've been studying for so long and never really put to the test. So it was, it was a great experience. I saw that they were painted on the front. They were yellow and black. How did you how did you do the lifted parts black? Uh, with a with a with a silhouette with the sticky, 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 sticky. Oh. What they call it? Oh, so it's like a vinyl. Like a decal. Vinyl. Yeah, cameo. I tried a couple of different types of vinyl. I just happen to have black and a couple textures, and uh, I used the matte texture, which seems to be thicker, and I used this high gloss texture, which I just bought a bunch of stuff on Amazon a few years ago. And the, the high glossy stuff tends to wrap around the wrap around the, the pushed up letters better. Did you use so the heat like gun at all painted. or did it wrap around fine? No, I wrapped fine and just used like the heat of my hand. And in fact, I, I looked at the Instagram post I did this morning. The the letter the on the letter S, the piece is peeling up. It makes me want to like pull the whole piece down and redo it. And like <laughs> There's a little piece of the letter is peeled up in the Instagram post I did. It's funny, Bob asked that question, and I'm like, I've already overthought the whole process. I'm like, well, maybe I would screen print it or mask it off. I thought and, I would and screen it. print it. <laughs> I thought I was going to do all that, honestly, but I, it's exactly what I thought I was going to do. Like, But I didn't get perfect impressions of the letters. They're still yeah. kind of vague. And like, you don't have like a full face front of like the letter S that I can lay ink on. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It yeah. just won't do it. So another thing I'm going to do is I'm going to laser. So I, I did I did about six of them that way, and I'm going to make the rest of them. I'm going to laser cut spray stencils and see if I can't get the laser cut to lay right on top of the letter and then mask it with spray paint. See if that works at all. It's it's, still, it's just such an interesting process. I, I I saw that I'm like that looks so cool. I can't okay. wait to see how this is done. Well, you know what? It's funny. It's like. If you really want to channel, challenge your technical skills or just learn anything, take a simple product around you and then try and make a version of it. That's why Taylor was, she's like, this is so incredible that you like took such a simple product like a license plate mm-hmm. and now you make it. She's like, nobody really knows what goes into it. And I didn't know. I mean, I just guessed. I was going to buy two inch thick aluminum to make the pot, the front and back plate from McMaster car and a two inch thick by eighteen by eighteen piece of aluminum. You know how much that is on McMaster car? <laughs> I can't even guess. But Bob, can you guess how much a, a two inch thick eighteen by eighteen inch piece of aluminum on McMaster car costs? Mm, fifty bucks. Eight hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so wow. I was like, I said to Taylor, we were like, we were laying in bed together. I was ordering. I was like, let me see what one inch costs. <laughs> and one inch thick material, which was more than enough. 
because I didn't want any deflection in the mold because I knew I couldn't hydraulically press it in one press. I had to like take bites because the hydraulic press is only a certain width. So mm. I was afraid that if the metal was too skinny, I was going to literally just bend the mold on the first push. Uh, <clears throat> one inch thick aluminum was 320 bucks. So the same footprint, wow. one inch thick. And, and that worked and I out don't fine. The, I don't remember the gauge of the, it was only one, like 60, 10 something. I don't remember. But it was the so, only aluminum available in that size. Question about that. Could you take a... Well, I know you could. Um, you could take a thinner piece of aluminum, so maybe take half inch. Yeah. You carve out your piece, and then you bolt that down to a, a block of steel. Mm. So you've got the hard back, and you've got yep. the thickness that you might totally. need. Totally. I considered that, but then I didn't want to have to get a big chunk of steel. and Yeah. You know, that I need a license plate is 6 by 12, which... I always thought they were bigger. It's actually exactly six inches by 12 inches. And uh, I would have needed like another inch. So it would have been like 14 by eight inches of steel, you know, thicker. And I, and I just, you know, it would have been another thing to buy. So you've yeah. done this with cardboard before doing the embossing. Like I, mm-hmm. I forget what you were making, notebooks or a book or something. What's the, what's the difference between working with uh, like a pulp paper and a license plate metal? Um, I guess the metal doesn't <laughs> pick up as many thumbprints because I did use a piece, couple of pieces of paper off camera, <clears throat> and the minute I pull it out of the mold, it's like extremely. It's got like thumbprints, fingerprints all over it. But the mold with the metal, I could <clears throat> pull it out and wipe it off, and it looks perfect. But same so process, that, though, right? Same process. That being said, I am gonna. I want to die cut or laser cut a bunch of pieces of cardboard in paper and stick it in. I could even print them. Like I could like. Yeah. Print them on the printing press, and then bring them into the die cutter. I oh, mean, man. to the to the new mold. So I'm going to make paper. I'm going to find the right diameter of paper, the right thickness of paper. Laser cut the license plate shape, stick it into the aluminum dies, and then so I'll have paper license plates. That's, That's something I want to do. Super cool. That's something I'm going to do. I don't know what it is about that the whole process, but I'm just fascinated with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 fun for me to figure it all out. Like, Bob, I don't know if you heard me saying, like, you really want to challenge your, your thinking or at least take a, a, a real dive into learning. Pick any random object around you and just replicate it. Yeah. You know, yeah. figure out how to make it over and over again. And, and the idea of, of replicating it and taking it into making it. Like, I could have made those molds out of wood, which I did when I made the, the, the tailgate thing years ago. I made them out of wood, but right away the dye started mushing over. So I always said to myself, one day when I have bigger, better machinery, I'll make it in aluminum. And so I started with the license plate. I do want to do the tailgate thing again eventually. Cool. Yeah, I think you could probably, like, just to cut down on cost, I'm still thinking about that um, and what you just said. Like, if you have the wood that's degrading, but you don't want to go up to a huge block of aluminum, you could always create the the parts that take the most pressure or that are going to wear the most and make those out of steel. So you make like basically a stencil out of steel. That's, I don't know, a quarter inch thick or something like that. And then you also cut the same, like further down in those cutouts out of MDF or out of some other material that's cheaper, but to give you the depth and then you stack those pieces together. So your Mm -hmm. actual corners, you know, the working corners will be harder. So there's probably a way to be able to do a pretty deep, aluminum embossing with cheaper than aluminum yeah. materials. <clears throat> you could uh, also do acrylic cool. if you got like a like a polycarbonate acrylic or like a broken window or like 
like my dad always finds this for me. I have chunks of bulletproof glass that his friend got somewhere, like out of a dumpster. So it's one inch thick polycarbonate. I have chunks of that. If you huh. and that's from the garbage. But you get one inch thick chunks of polycarbonate, or even half inch thick or quarter inch thick, you could make a decent cardboard pause negative die right out of yeah. that on any CNC machine. Doesn't need to be. A lot of people said to me, "Why didn't you use your Tormach? The footprint of the Tormach is too small." I think it's like. I, I just the aluminum just wouldn't fit in there. Hmm. Yeah. And then it's funny from a from a thinking point of view, from like comfortable point of view of I'm more comfortable working with VCarve, knowing predictably the net result than working in Fusion. So I could have brought the same product into Fusion, figured it out. You know, if it fit on the if it fit inside the envelope of the Tormac, which it didn't, but I could, I just. As far as a workflow, I was more confident in VCarve Pro, and I hope to be as confident with VCarve and Illustrator as I am with those programs with Fusion. But you know, again, that's just like the eternal goal is just to keep learning. Yeah, I mean, you could use you know Fusion for any of those machines, mm-hmm. uh, but getting to that point to where it be- like I, it's one of those things that can do just about anything, but for it to be able to do just about anything, you have to learn. Mm. a huge amount of stuff <laughs> and yeah. like i personally have not touched the cam end of uh fusion at all for the same reason that you just said like the we use i guess we have vcarve pro um and to for most of the stuff that we've done on the big cnc like it's way faster and easier just to jump into vcarve than it is to try to learn the stuff the exact same process in fusion now that makes it so that you don't really spend the time in fusion that it takes to learn that stuff because right. it's easier. So it's just where you want to put in the time, whether it's up front in the middle of a project or, you know, at some point dedicate some time to, I'm going to sit down this week and learn how to do cam and fusion. That, that'll probably never happen, but <laughs> that would be an option as well. So I'm sitting here thinking like, how can, uh, you know, this could be done without a CNC if you were able to draw whatever in illustrator and then transfer that to, MDF or, or whatever. And you could take a hand router and kind of, if you've got patience, you could work yeah. around your, your drawings or whatever to make this, right? Yeah, well, it's funny. I used to teach a technique to my students in art school. If you take cardboard, I'm looking here at a yellow legal pad. That, that cardboard that's on the back of a yellow legal pad, I don't know, that's probably about a millimeter and a half thick, that cardboard, whatever that is. If you take that cardboard, lay down your graphic, your logo, obviously the more complicated, but probably now with the advent of lasers, but you could use an X-Acto knife, cut out your logo, and then take another piece and sandwich it. So all the negative of the logo stays on one side of the sandwich, and all the positive gets glued to the other side of the sandwich. And you make sure they close together and register. You could, you could die imprint a oh. business card. Oh, yeah. That huh. works perfect every time. <laughs> You could even yeah. use something as thick, whatever the cardboard is of a business card. I'm really bad with my paperweights, but, you know, like a, a cover sheet, whatever. Like, so I'm holding a piece, I'm holding a business card in my hand. You could do that same process with paper as thick as a business card and put it on a, a, on a sandwich board so that when they, this, they close, they register the top and bottom positive negative parts of that razor blade cut apart logo. And you will still get an impression on regular paper, on like print paper. Every time. In art school, we did some sort of a... We made a die 
out of something that was hand carved, and I can't even remember what the material was now. But we, because we didn't have a like a wood shop or anything that we were working in, we did it with some tool. Well, it's a really useless story because I don't remember what the thing was. But there is a way to to actually cut like a really precise die for something like you're talking about. Yeah, and it wasn't just an example. You could even you could even like. It, Let's say you lay your logo down on like a, a piece of linoleum, like a linoleum print block. And, you know, you just do a shallow carving of whatever it is you want to carve. You put a piece of paper on it, then a piece of rubber and hit it with a hammer. And it's going to get on a smaller scale what we talked about pushing the aluminum into the die for the license plate. You're going to you definitely get an impression. You'd be surprised how beautiful it looked too. So if you're going to make a business card with some like hand carved flowery logo or anything, hand carve it. Carve it in, in mirrored image so that when you push into it, you, the positive will come forward if you're looking at the business card or paper or whatever it is. So that's uh, that. that I, I've shown that to students and I've gotten some really beautiful results from the students. Like so you give them just a couple of minutes of an education there and then they run with it. Project idea for anybody yeah. that's listening. Uh, an Etch-A-Sketch with, with hand knobs, but with a drag knife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that can be fun. You know what? I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And I got the cameo because you guys were making stickers early on. I remember when we first started hanging out on the podcast, you guys both had vinyl cutters. Mm-hmm. You, got, you guys still have vinyl cutters, right? You guys both oh, have yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It is amazing how well they work. You could throw any graphic in there and that thing will... Looks like it's not doing anything. And it cuts through every single thing you throw at it. It is unbelievable to me how much it works. Vinyl so these cut. badges that I was talking about that are coming out this week, see those stars? Yeah. The tiny, tiny yeah. stars. And you can see every point. That's all done with the vinyl cutter. That's <laughs> unbelievable how well it works. In this particular one. And then, like, the graphic that we used, um, the skull and the octopus legs, it's got tons of detail, which you can't really see it now, I guess, maybe. But it was... Oh, there's no battery in there. Um, it was a vinyl mask that we cut out on the bottle cutter and then use that to put the ink on so yeah it's it's crazy how well they work and quick i mean like it'll cut all sorts of really intricate shapes and you know it takes like two minutes or whatever and you're good to go that's a worthwhile tool and and it's cheap less than 200 dollars or something like that i forget how mine was mine was like 120 i think yeah i don't know what they are now but yeah it was pretty cheap and the one I have, I bought like four or five years ago. And every time, like every time I go to Brett, where's that, where's that vinyl cuttery thing? Like we have it all, all the parts are thrown in a box. And this is a funny story. We couldn't get it to plug into the ThinkPad, which is the machine I have, the computer I use at the shop for the CNCs. And I couldn't get it to register and come up. And, and Brett's like, he gives up. He's like, I, I, I give up. I don't know what to do. And so I just kept, I didn't want to give up. I was too lazy to get in my car and go get the cable that works for my printer at home, which is three miles away. So we just kept jamming. We were just kind of hanging out and talking. And there was a friend there. We just kept, I just kept plugging the plug in and out, plugging it in and out, plugging it in and out, plugging it. I just like kept jamming it, jamming it, jamming it, jamming it, jamming it, waiting for like the corrosion on either side to like eventually break through. I plugged it and unplugged it like a hundred times. And I, for one, including Brett, were like, forget it. It's just not going to work. I was only plugging it in and out out of nervousness just because we were hanging out and talking. And at a neurotic uh, behavior. And then we have this stuff called contact cleaner that I bought at a radio shack 10 years ago, which I keep around every once in a while. I try it. So I sprayed it into the, to the USB plug and I plugged it in and the machine goes, G-g-g-g-g. status ready. 
<laughs> so every once in a while, it might not be the cable. It could be the corrosion, corroded contacts. So there you huh. go. Anyway. Are you storing it like in an outdoor shed or something? Oh, basically my, yeah, terminals? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like my, my shop is like an outdoor shed, especially in the winter. Everything sweats in the spring. All the metal surfaces sweat and get rusty. And, you know, when it's one of those days where it's cold and hot and cold and hot. Yeah. Nothing in my life is temperature controlled. Not even my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked for about 52 minutes about absolutely nothing. No so topic I'm gonna today. Thank our pa- <laughs> no topic. I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. What you guys Happy Labor Day. going to recommend. Um, big thanks to everybody that helps us out on Patreon. Um, you guys honestly make this show happen. So thank you. Uh, especially our top supporters. Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Maker and Training. Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, You Can Make This Too, Modern DIY, and Jenny and Davis. Um, but everybody over there that helps us out at any level gets the after show, which is more talking. Maybe we should make after show topics when we don't have topics for the actual <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about today. I have good information to drop afterwards. It's top secret. Okay. I don't know how much of it Excellent. I could say because I swore to, <laughs> I wouldn't tell anybody, but now I'm about to blab some of it. You can oh, you can replace all the nouns with different nouns. Okay. There you go. I got a good one. Okay. So if you want to help um, us out, go to patreon.com slash making it and uh, get the after show. Or don't. Yep. Totally up yep. to you. What no else? More feelings. Uh, David, what you got? Uh... So I spent half of the show looking for a recommendation. I didn't watch a lot of videos that would relate to the audience. So I'm just going to go with a video that's already super famous. But uh, Dustin from Smarter Every Day on Saturday Ow. put out a video. Uh, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Drawing with sound. Uh, drawing with sound. Because it, it speaks to me. Like Everything yeah. about yeah. it was super cool. And... That's all I got to say. It's just super cool. I, I actually everything Dustin does I, is cool. He's got such a great delivery on everything. Yeah, he's he's always he's very his excitement about what he's about to do is very genuine. Like yeah. you know, he is excited to show you this thing. So like halfway through the video, I'm like already sending this video to my friend. I'm like you have to watch this now. Like it was, it's just really cool. Yeah. I'll let Bob explain it more. It was going to be my pick, too. So, yeah, uh, he basically talks about these um, this pair of guys who work together to make music that draws pictures on oscilloscopes. And it's something I like never even I I know very little about oscilloscopes, even though it's one of those things I feel like I probably should have known more about. But seeing the process of them taking a 3D model and a sound and figuring out how to make the 3D model make the sound that will then go into the oscilloscope and draw a picture, it just, I was a little melted, like, going, but wait, where does it start? Is it starting with the sound? Is it starting with the 3D model? How do you make music out of this? It's crazy. It's it's just super crazy and super cool. And it it kind of hit me, too, David, the same way, where it's like the music part of it was really awesome, the fact that they were using kind of not necessarily, well, they were using programming because they made the software to do this. There's also, they're making 3D models to make sound, and then they're outputting it to a device that is pretty old and kind of, not out of date, but not used very often these days. It was just super cool. So, so I'm going to let that be your pick. 
I, I have a, a video that complements that video, and it's probably oh. a couple years old. Um, Steve Mould, who does like a science channel, he did something similar, um, but with, with with lasers and a mirror. And so you you take like a, I forget the exact process, but you like take a speaker and you co- cover the speaker with a cloth so that I'll know that that cloth is moving. And then... You shine a laser beam into it, and it bounces off and shows up on the on the wall, and you get that oscilloscope uh, type drawing up on the wall Whoa. with with stuff you can do at home. And I probably explained the process wrong because I haven't seen the video in a couple years, but I found the link, and I'm going to give that to you, and that will be my pick. So those awesome. two videos will go hand in hand. Steve Mould stuff is really good too. It's yes, very cool. Awesome, Jimmy. What you got? So I was going to recommend Mar- uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I was going to recommend Aaron from uh, Mister Fixit DIY, who's also the man behind the Talking Orange, the world famous Talking Orange. We hung out the other day at the at the event, and he's he's just so smart. He gave me some good tips on YouTube and some protocols to follow to maybe get more traffic. So, I want to recommend Aaron. We all know Aaron; he's a good guy. He's always at these events we go to, and real sweetheart. Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. Um, okay, well, you guys got anything else? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to just uh, give a shout out to Jesse Combs. Uh, she obviously lost her life this week, and it's just more of a reminder to just you know do what you love and and grab life by the horns and just do what you want. And she was one of those people, and we just recently became friends, and uh, her and I and Taylor and her became friends and uh, just a few months ago. And, and uh, obviously, she lost her life trying to set the woman's land speed record. And she holds a couple of records, and you know she's basically just gone off into the, uh, into the ether as a legend. So just uh, you know, love to her family and friends, and it's just a sad story. But just reminds us all to just do what we want while we're here, make a count. And, you know, if you're on the fence about doing something, you know, life doesn't, life goes by fast. So make the most of it to all of us. And then also Kevin Hart got injured last night in a car accident. And he's always been a a big inspiration to me, his energy, his, his love of life and his, his, uh, you know, his, his positive message that he puts out. And I just hope Kevin's going to be all right. I don't know him personally, but you know, he's just another artist entertainer that inspires people. So I just hope he's going to be okay. Sad. Yep. That's it. Cool. I mean, not cool, but yeah. No, yes. happy, cool. And happy Labor Day. Sorry to bring everyone down, but I just wanted to acknowledge those sad events. Yep. Make the most of your time, everybody. Yeah, Goes quick. A bit of it. It does. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and patrons. We'll see you in the after show. Love you. Later.